0: On Sports currently has over 24 sponsors as we head into high school football season. As you guys know, here in Northeast Ohio, high school football is the biggest thing we do. That, with our Browns coverage, has really put us on the map. As well as all of our pro wrestling and MMA legends we've had on the show the last couple weeks, our numbers are through the roof. With that being said, we want to go ahead and promote your small business. Email me, CoachVin14 at Yahoo.com, for more information. On today's episode will be Chuck Galetti. Sit back, put your feet up, and grab something cold to drink. Up next, Chuck Galetti. <phone rings> Welcome to a very special edition of the Keon Sports Podcast. We take a break from our onslaught of MMA fighters and big time wrestlers for a close friend of mine, Chuck Galetti. <clears throat> they say in this business, you meet a few influential people who will forever touch your life. Chuck is one of those men. I truly hope you're going to enjoy what he has to say and listen to the message that he has to give. Up next, Chuck Galetti. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We really appreciate you listening today. Up next, a close friend of mine, Chuck Letty. You guys know him from you know Channel 3, then Channel 19, then Sports Time Ohio. He's been all around, and he's done a great job wherever he's been. He's had an interesting path, though, in sports media, and he's here to talk to you about it today. So without any further ado, here's Chuck. All right, on the hotline with us now, my friend, Chuck Letty. Chuck, how you doing on this beautiful July 1st morning?
1: July first morning is very nice. It's nice outside. I can't believe how nice it is. Yeah, I mean, it's supposed to be to, supposed to be close to the ninety. So who knows?
0: Oh God, is it really? Yeah. Wow. Oh man. I'll tell you what though that that might work in my advantage. So I have not taken a day off, and I kid you not, six months. So I went I went and visited my nephew who lives down in North Carolina back on January sixteenth. Uh, and I took the day off to do that, took, took my daughter down there, and we went and had fun. I have not taken a single day off since. Now, tomorrow, I'm taking my first day off in six months. I'm taking my wife out to Holmes County, uh, out there in, like, Amish country. Just me and my wife are going to finally try to get a, a day away. So if it's, like, you know, 90 degrees out tomorrow and, and she wants to stay, in, stay inside, to me, that works in my benefit. What do you think? No,
1: who knows? I, you know, it'll be nice out in Amish country. They got good food out there.
0: Yeah, they got amazing food. Uh, little place called Hirschburgers we go to with, uh, like they make the bread right there on the spot and uh, all the meats fresh. It's good. So um, I wanted to talk to you today though, because we've been having on all these wrestlers and different athletes and and MMA fighters, and but I wanted to you know talk to somebody local, um, you know lo- local to us here in, in Northeast Ohio, and I couldn't think of someone better than you, and wanted to you know ask you a few questions here, starting off with. What was it like for you to grow up in the Cleveland sports scene in the 1980s when things weren't always so great? The Browns, you know, had a stretch where they were good. The Indians struggled, and, and you know, the Cavs were kind of on and off. But in the early 80s, you were actually the bat boy for the Indians. Can you, you know, tell us a little bit about all that?
1: Oh, no, it was, it was really a great time. It was, uh, it was a time when a lot, a lot of people went to the games. It was after – I took over after the strike season. I think it was in 81 there was a strike. And the uh, guy who was the bad boy, there was a contest held by the plane dealer every year. He would write into a, an essay or whatever, and I made the finals a few years in a row. Uh, and, but you really had to be, it was more of a job. You were basically a glorified clubhouse guy. And working in the clubhouse was awesome, you know what I mean? But uh, you got to put the uniform on and go out and be the map boy. But you, you, there was really a lot of work involved. I worked for, uh, on the visiting side, I worked for Billy Sharon, and he was there for many years. And then on the uh, uh, Indian side, it was Cy Vignac, who was just a great guy. But Billy also got me, uh, he gave me a position where I'd work the Brown sidelines. So I got to, like, uh, this is the Bryan side years, the years when they played Jack Lambert and Steelers, and I would work the Browns game too. It was really a lot of fun, but I'll tell you, the, the Indians back then, their starting rotation, uh, they should have been a better team. They had Rick Struth, John Denny, Leonard Barker, I think it was um, Larry Sorensen, and there was one other, uh, was it burp Wylah? I think it was Burke Wylah. They really had an unbelievable starting five. And uh, they just, they really weren't that good. Uh, but there was, there was a lot of great guys on the team. I had a lot of great memories from that. You
0: know, let me ask you this, Chuck. So the the time you spent, you know, with the Browns, those, those couple years, like you said, with Brian Seip and being a part of that, being down on the field, here's something I've always, you know, thought about. I'm 38 years old, and so I, I'm definitely old enough to remember the Richfield Coliseum, the uh, the the Municipal Stadium, and to me... And just my heart of hearts, and I could be wrong, but to me it seemed like those crowd reactions were so much more organic, louder, and real. And you and you didn't need like scoreboards to tell you when to cheer, when to boo. There didn't you know need to be uh, entertainment every single time out. None of that crap. It was. Just, I mean, you were there to watch the game, and to me it just seemed like more of a real feeling. Would you agree with that?
1: No, I agree with that one hundred percent. I think it was. Uh... You know, the fans would get there, they'd watch the game. You know, the games weren't on, I don't know when they switched over. I remember when I was a kid, like, the home games weren't on TV unless they were sold out. And there was usually only about two games a year that would sell out. It would be the games that would be, uh, the Steelers usually would sell out. And then if you played, like, the Super Bowl champions uh, throughout that year, that game would sell out. But in those days, you know, a lot of the games weren't on TV. I think people are so used to watching games on television now. Um, it's just a different atmosphere. But I mean, you think of a Browns game being blacked out like they were, and the only way you'd see it if you were live at the stadium.
0: Yeah, I mean, I and that was it that way when I was a kid too. They didn't change that until probably, I think maybe by the time the Browns came back, they started changing that role, But I definitely remember that. Um, I think th- I think national TV games. You'd get lucky, you know, if you and, and back then, guys, you got to realize there national. national tv wasn't even close to what it is now you'd have monday night football and that'd be about it and if you had i mean if you had cable you could get i think um i think back then they were doing thursday night football still i don't even really remember but yeah i mean it was it was limited so you really had to have a good team that was going to sell out to to be there so for you personally though i want to talk a little bit about your life because you had a very interesting path and it's one that i respect in, in many ways I'm I'm blessed, you know. Both my mom and my dad right now are are very, you know, they're sick. Neither one of them are in great health. But I'm also 38 years old, and I've had them for a long time. So if I lose them tomorrow, it's going to be awful. But I've had them for 38 years. You yourself, you know, you're you're getting ready. You know, you're in your high school years. Um, You know, at 15 years old, your dad has a stroke. Shortly after that, you find out your mom has cancer. How you know? How quickly did you have to grow up at such a young age? You know, do do you kind of feel like it was. This this is just a sign from God that I got to step up right now and, and and be a man.
1: Well, yeah, it was, it was difficult because I had two older sisters, and they were off uh, college at the time. And uh, you know, I would take my uh, take care of my parents basically. Where, you know, uh, they both passed. You know, when I was eighteen years old, and. Um, but uh, it was it, it, it was they, you know they were really happy that I was working for the Indians. I remember one time I got to take my dad down to an Indians game. They let him come in the clubhouse. He was in a wheelchair, but uh, it was really cool. He really enjoyed it. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was crazy because I played baseball too. I I wasn't awesome by any means, but I really enjoyed playing. And I, I played on some pretty good teams. I was fortunate enough to. So uh, I had to play a lot of sports during my high school years, and uh, also, you know, you got to work down at the stadium, which was really a, a blessing. But uh, yeah, those were definitely tough times. I, I think there's stars you, you never lose, but uh, I was lucky enough to have great. I had great parents, and uh, you know, I wish they would have been uh, able to uh, have longer lives and then meet my kids, but that just wasn't the case.
0: You know, you went to Normandy High School. Everybody knows Normandy here. One of the 17 different high schools in parma <laughs> and i'm, I'm exaggerating yeah, exactly. <laughs> i'm exaggerating clearly when i say that but you know holy name padua uh valley forge normandy parma high there's just i mean you just throw a rock down the street you hit Field, and it bounces off 10 high schools but um really a great community i i, I personally i love parma that's where i bought my um, not bought but where i rented my first apartment when i moved out of my parents house many years ago just i love that area now you, you, you weren't I lived over at, uh, in Parma Woods, which is these tiny little apartments right across from Walmart. Oh, okay. I
1: know what you're talking about. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, no, that's right. Uh, yeah, no, I'm sorry to interrupt. I was in serious.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, and you know it's a funny story because, you know, I'll go a little off track here for a second, and it's fine. So <clears throat> I grew up very. Um, I'm not gonna use the word protected, but I never got in any kind of trouble. I just never did. I didn't know anything about the other world of, of uh, drugs and alcohol, and I just didn't. You know, for whatever reason, I was so into sports. I never fell into those lifestyles. So I would move out on my own, right? And um, these apartments were so cheap that there was like these thin walls between you and your neighbor. You could hear everything. You could hear like a mouse fart. You know, it was that thin of walls and it was that crappy. So the 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 guy in the hallway across from me, you know, like three feet across from me here. He's got these people coming over all hours of the day, all hours of the night, and these people show up, and they're gone, like, five minutes later, and I'm thinking, you know, as I'm sitting there watching my big time wrestling and my sports, I keep thinking to myself, like, this guy's really, man, he must be really boring, like, his friends never stick around, why the hell do they even bother coming over, and then it hit me like a ton of bricks, oh, he's a drug dealer, like, but it took... Like, my naive, you know, my my naive white bread life, it literally took me six months to ever figure out, like, oh, okay. And then, like, you know, it's funny as hell, because the the girl next to me, same deal, like, real pretty girl, and she's living in the apartment next to me, and she has all these men coming over all the time. Like, single men show up by themselves, and they're, they're there for an hour, and they leave, and I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, this girl can't keep a man. And then yeah, it took me uh, probably about six months, and I'm like, oh, prostitute. But like, like so, as I'm sitting there, if you could picture this, you know, I got all my action figures around me, and you know, uh, at the time, probably a Brady Quinn jersey or whatever, and now I'm wearing, you know, watching the Browns, and you know, I got like Sodom and Gomorrah going on around me, and I don't even realize it. So if you could picture that,
1: no, that sounds uh, <laughs> sounds very interesting. You lived in a very interesting place. <laughs>
0: Yeah, not exactly a glowing endorsement for Parma Woods, but it's all right. I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. So, <laughs> so getting back on track. Um, so this is kind of cool, too. Now, your your journey, and, and guys, we, we've we talked, uh, me and Chuck have talked in the past, so I'm not pulling all these facts out of my ass. I actually know, you know, what we're talking about here. Um, I've known Chuck for a long time. So your your journey, you know, kind of began... Uh, well, it didn't kind of begin, it did begin at Baldwin-Wallace. Why did you choose to go from Normandy to Baldwin-Wallace College?
1: Well, I, uh, I wasn't I was going to go maybe to Cleveland State but I remember uh, my father really uh, was a big stickler on education he dropped out of school when he was in 10th grade and uh, went to the Army and uh, he was always telling me I sister to get an education. I, I really, like I said, I really I just loved sports and playing baseball and stuff when I was that age. I didn't take my, my academics too seriously. But when he passed away, I said, you know what, I'm definitely going to uh, get an education. Yeah, that's what he wanted. So I went to um, BW. I had some grants. Uh, they did change something back then. Uh, there was a law that you would get your parents social security money and that was uh to go to college but they kind of took that away at that time but it was fine i got some grants and a little help and i worked at ups i don't know if you know loading the boxes i was gonna try playing baseball there but uh i just didn't i didn't end up playing anymore and uh and I just went to school there. And I actually yeah, graduated pretty quick. I worked for the WBC, WBWC radio station. And that's where I kind of got my start in uh, broadcasting. I wanted to be in broadcasting because I thought it would be the next best thing in sports. <laughs> you know, I would love to have that atmosphere and that lifestyle of uh, being around the, the sports guys. And uh, So I went into broadcasting. A lot of people thought that'd be a long shot. I mean, I, I mean... I remember my first job. I made more money working at UPS at part time loading boxes when I was in college than I did. You know, twice. I made mean, twice as much as I did when I you know I got my first job in broadcasting.
0: Oh yeah, that's usually the case. That's that's you know it's just the way it goes, and maybe that's how you weed out the thin. I don't know, but <clears throat> for, for me, I've definitely learned that in media that the money is not there in, in, until you get to a, a big level, which Lord knows if I ever will be, but. I, I do know that to be the truth, but I guess you know that's where the term paying your dues comes from as well. So after graduation, you ended up in Pennsylvania for a little bit, and then after Pennsylvania, you, you came to Youngstown, and that's really where you landed, in my opinion, your first big break as a weekend guy back home here in Cleveland, you know, Ohio at WKYC at 25 years old. So if you can imagine out there being 25 years old, and all of a sudden, your weekend—you know—sports anchor for your hometown station where you grew up—that had to be a pretty cool feeling. And how did it feel at the time?
1: No, it was really—it was what I was working for. Um, it was—you it, know—it was you had to work in smaller markets. So I interned down in Florida actually, and then I uh, went—I moved to Gainesville, which was wild. Or not Gainesville. I, yeah, I lived in Gainesville for a while. and Then I went to Scranton, and then I went to Youngstown. Uh, so I, I had I paid my dues, and they were crazy towns, and, and you know the jobs were uh, the jobs were a lot of fun. But you know my goal was to get back to Cleveland, and I was very fortunate at the time. Uh, my son was little, and my daughter uh, was not born yet. Uh, you know I had five kids, but right? you know, at the time I had one son already. And uh, it, was, it was just incredible. I got to come to Cleveland. I uh, yeah, worked with Jim Donovan, uh, who I respected, I knew from watching him on television. I, it was a pretty big deal. I mean, it was, uh, it was, it was for me, it was a, a real big deal. So, I mean, I uh, wow, I, uh, I, I've gotten to this point. But I just really worked hard. I, I, uh, I really enjoyed the job, and I appreciated. it.
0: See, you know, you come home when you're here, and when we talked, and guys uh if you have a chance go out get the book called live to inspire it is a very detailed chapter about chuck's entire life uh very inspirational motivational emotional to say the least but you know you ted told me in that book there was a good four-year stretch there um at at channel three where you were sober uh completely sober never had any you know the drinking stuff was contained and you felt like that was probably the best time of your life Looking back at it now, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, and and clearly you have more kids now, and, and to me, kids equal happiness. At least in my life, I know they do. But, lo- you know, looking back, do you think that was probably one of the best stretches of your career and, and probably the most happy times, that, that four-year stretch before you started playing on that softball team? Well, I don't know. Fact, I had
1: some great I had it. I look back at things now, and, uh, and I, 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 I'm, I'm very fortunate. Um. I had mean, some demons, you know. Like I said, that, and, 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 and people are very well aware about. Um, I had some great years at Channel Three. I had some great years at Channel Nineteen. I had great years doing my show. I mean, I I can't really say which ones um, you know were the best years of my life, but I had I a very fortunate life. Uh, you know, and <laughs> then uh, you know I. I a
0: lot of great opportunities. Yes. You know, and I'm asking this, you know, as as a as a friend and not someone who's trying to get hits to a website. Do you? I mean, do you sometimes think that you know maybe if you didn't join that softball team, you wouldn't have had the the pressure put on you to go out drinking with the boys?
1: No, I think um, my battles. I mean, there was a lot of times I, I had. Uh, I was sober in my career. A lot of times I was, and I had a lot of good people help me. Um, so there's really nothing I could say other than you know I, I lose some opportunities. I, you know, I, some things in life are, are just tough. You know, I mean you, you gotta you gotta swallow them, and uh, you know you pay for your mistakes in this world. I, I think uh, I don't think anybody would deny that.
0: So moving on, though, you know, more positive light here for a second. You you end up leaving Channel Three. <clears throat> you end up with WWOIO Channel 19 and really one of the first people in my opinion to introduce the importance of covering Friday night football. Now, Keon Sports, the show we're on right now, the show we're doing was built on high school football. High school football is the biggest thing that we do. Um, it, the numbers Chuck are enormous. It's insane how many people click on our high school football content. It blows everything else away. It's so popular. Why do you feel it is in in our area of the state? You know, and first of all, I actually, two part question for you. One, how much fun did you have covering it? Because I absolutely, it's it's one of my favorite nights of the week. is Friday nights covering high school football. And number two, why do you think it's so popular here?
1: Well, I think um, I know when we started. Uh, I covered a lot of it back in Youngstown. I, that's where I realized this is this is really. I tapped into something, because I think uh, I'm not bragging, my enemies, I think I was uh, one of the pioneers to bring the high school football coverage to, to Cleveland, Ohio, and uh, I'm not trying to get credit for that or anything else, but when I worked at the Channel 3, back in those days, they would only usually cover St. As Ignatius, all the you know uh, stations did that. And I noticed when I was in Youngstown, we had a thing called Big Earl. Like, it was like they'd give me 15 minutes or half an hour on a Friday night. I'd get all kinds of time. And we would go over to, you know, Campbell Memorial, Warren Harding, a uh, bunch of different, you know, the, the high schools were really big, Austin Town, Fitch there. And um, we would cover the game. So I remember telling, me, oh, we should just, instead just doing two games, I, I, I'd go off go and just just like a couple highlights from six or seven games. I think we'll get the bands involved, we'll get the, you know, the cheerleaders, and, and then you know, there'll just be more eyes watching the show because people like seeing themselves on television. They like seeing their schools. You know, even if their school's no good, they, you know, if your school pops Hey, that's my school, you know, whatever, and you watch or whatever. And uh, that's where it really took off when we started that Friday night theater. And uh, it was uh, during a time when a lot of people didn't do that. I mean, all the stations are doing it now. At the time we did it, there really
0: wasn't a lot of people doing it. Let me ask you this. <clears throat> and, you know, and first of all, man, I kind of wish you were doing high school football at the same time, like now, like so we could have crossed paths. I think it would have been a blast. And I'll just put this out there for you. If you ever want to call, if you want to, you know, come out on a Friday night, you know, we'll take care of you. Come call game with us. Uh We would love to have you. So just consider this an, an open invitation for any time you want to come out, be a part of our crew for one night. Call again with me, you are a hundred percent always, always welcome, okay?
1: No, that's very nice. I just uh you know, it's just now I don't I don't do anything, I just really my health isn't the greatest anymore. And um I just uh you know, things that I'm kinda of, I'm basically retired. from it's, it's it's but it's nice. I like talking about the
0: old time, so it's, it's good. and no, I hear you And no pressure, nothing like that. Um like I said, I'm not trying to get over on, on your cord, <laughs> so don't worry about any of that stuff. I just just want you to know the door is always open for one night, a one, uh, you know. It's very nice, thank you. Absolutely, one of those, you know, when those bands come back for one concert, you know. <laughs> so, listen, you know, after leaving uh, W9 or W, well, first of all, I got another question. I'm going, I'm going go off script here for a second because this is something I'm dying to know. You know, you mentioned it <clears throat> when you were in Youngstown; they gave you a good chunk of time, okay. And now we see. Um, Friday night football or uh, Friday night uh, touchdown on, on Channel Eight, which I love that with, with PJ and John just two, two incredible people, as well as Ken Carmen now, and even Danny Coglin, just, just a great group. So on, on Fox Eight, they do a half an hour. They've started doing that with Zarella on Nineteen. They do a half an hour. Now that's only one night a week. All the other nights of the week, you know, sports maybe gets three to six minutes tops. Did you know, like, when you were at 19 or Channel 3, did you know every day when you got to work how much time you were going to have? Or did that vary day by day? Like, would you get there and they say, okay, tonight you got seven minutes, or tonight you got four minutes, make it happen. Like, who makes that decision? Is it?
1: You would never really get an unbelievable extra amount of time. If a big story happened, let's say a coach got fired or a coach got hired or something of that nature... You'd usually be put in the news segment too. You wouldn't just be in, the, you know, the sports segment of the show. You'd be in the news segment as well. But uh, overall, they wouldn't. You'd have a, you know, a set time. that would be your, your standard, unless there was some something strange or not strange, but something uh, extraordinary happening that day.
0: Is there a pecking order? Like, do the anchors, the news anchors, you know, kind of have the the top billing? pay-wise and, and celebrity wise, and you have the weatherman, and then sports comes last. Or is it just? Is it really a team atmosphere? Or have you dealt with any egos?
1: Well, of course you deal with the egos, but I mean, that's that's. I think that's in any job you work in. Um, there is that's in the weather used to be, and I, I'm not sure if it still is. That was the big uh, thing. There was bad weather. They would, you can you see it now to this day. You know, they'll uh, bring the weather people on right off the top of the show. And uh, the weather draws numbers where there's big storms, where there's a big snow storms. Uh, they're, you know, they're, uh, what do they call those, uh, not analysts, but they're uh, Meteorologists. consultants. Their consultants tell them that people tune in for weather. So as you'll notice, you know, especially in Cleveland, that weather really... Uh, takes over when it's bad outside Um, but yeah sports sports is a little different now because you know ESPN came around and and they just and they just don't uh, and they cover you know sports now it's it's a different now with everything going on it's a different time there's no sports happening so it really is it's an incredible time because I wouldn't I couldn't imagine having to do a sports cast every night I mean what, what would you really even talk about
0: it's excruciating and and with uh with like you just said it's weird because that was the next question on my list here with the ESPN doing what they're doing right now you know that's kind of all people have looking back in the past like you said you 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 like talking about the past sports and right now that's basically all we have but i really think that's why SportsCenter center took off in the first place because you had everybody nationwide giving their sports hangers 5 minutes and all of a sudden you have this new station which develops you know four times a day a, a show called SportsCenter – center or it's in a whole hour plus to, to sports what you want to see. So, yeah, I mean, no doubt about it. it. It finally took care of, you know, sports fans like ourselves. Speaking of shows, speaking of television, you know, you had a run there for a couple of years on Sports Time Ohio. We had All Bets Are Off and then, you know, Drennan Live with, with Bruce, and then we had your show, um, you know, Chuck's Last Call, which is funny because I actually have a glass for Chuck's Last Call that you gave me about two feet behind me here in my office. So, definitely, I loved it. What were some of your, you know, best memories of doing Chuck's Last Call?
1: Well, I love doing that. That was uh, that was so much fun because it basically was a show that they, you know they didn't know where it was going to go, but you know the uh, the audience kind of uh, caught on, and they were they were just great because I worked with a young producer, and he was kind of into uh, at the time. Uh, social media when I, it really wasn't. I didn't understand it. I I didn't understand the new wave that was coming in. But we did the show, and he would have people text us, email us. We'd leave their emails on the air, even if they were good or bad. But the show started off, it was supposed to be like 20 minutes, and then, you know, we did it for a while. And it would be people calling in, yelling about Johnny Peralta <laughs> for 20 minutes. And I told us I said, we're going to be canceled. This show is it's terrible. This just like people lying here. So I said, let's just go. And we're just going to have fun. We're just going to make this a fun atmosphere, a party atmosphere. And, uh, and just do it after the games and let the people be funny who call in and whatnot. And they were. And we had a great audience. Uh, we had some real characters. It was a late-night show. It had a lot of local flavor to it, and it was uh, really one of the first interactive shows. We had a lot of college kids that watched. Uh, it, was, it was fun. It was, it was, I was really
0: proud of it. Dude, we enjoyed the hell out of it at my house. We used to watch it all the time. Uh, one of our favorites. Every now and then it would line up, not just Indians games, but it would line up that you were on like after an NBA playoff game, um, I think during LeBron's run with the Heat there for a stretch, so... Yeah, it just it happened to me, like, when you, there was a couple times you were on after a much bigger game than, like, a local Indians game, you know, so then you had to fill those calls as, as well. That had to be pretty fun.
1: Yeah, no, I remember the night um, LeBron left, Dennis Manilow came on the show, and uh, that was an incredible evening. We didn't, the phone lines were lit the whole night. Uh, then the letter came out from uh, Dan Gilbert. We weren't even sure. You know, we gave it. He handed it to us, our producer, and that. We were going like, Is this thing real. I mean, this didn't even seem like a real letter. It was, it was. Uh, that was one of the legendary shows. We stayed on the air for a few hours that
0: night. Did you ever think that night that LeBron would come back here and play, let alone win a championship? I mean, with that letter, and and first of all, not to get on my tangent because that could go on all night, but I will put this on the record. I 100 percent agree with what Dan Gilbert said that night. He's not. You know, right now people are trying to say he's a slave driver, and and ESPN did this entire uh, thing the other night on Decision. And and it just, I'm not even going to get my political soapbox right now. That's not what this interview is about. But with that letter being written the way it was and the hatred at that night, would you, you know, going back to that moment 10 years ago now, which is crazy to think it's been 10 years, would you have ever thought he was going to come back here and win a championship?
1: No, I would have. That night, no way. Uh, I would have never guessed that back night. and uh, and how, how things changed. I, I didn't even think when he came back that he was coming back. I thought it was just kind of talk. But then, of course, he did come back, and he won the championship. So it was it was crazy. I don't know what's going to happen with basketball now. I really believe they're going to try playing this season, but I, I don't see how they really can do it. I just, I, I just. See, somebody's going to get sick, and, and, and it's just going to be impossible, I think. I, I, I just don't think there's any
0: way around it. I would have been okay with them canceling it altogether. And I, I love the NBA playoffs. I cannot stand the NBA season. I barely watch, besides the Cavs. But the NBA playoffs, I absolutely love. I watch every game. I don't care if it's a, a two seed versus a seven seed. Just something about it, that magic. And to me, that's when the, the crowds are the most vocal and the most loud, it's just gonna be—I don't know. I mean, I'll—I'll I'll tell you the truth, Chuck. I am so damn desperate for sports right now. I'll take anything we could get, anything we could get. But yeah, it, to me, like it wouldn't have been none other world if they were said, okay, there's not gonna be basketball, not gonna be hockey. I love baseball. Baseball by far—it's not even close—is my favorite sport. I absolutely love the game of baseball. I could sit down and watch a little league game and enjoy it. That's how much I love baseball. But. It's going to be, like, I think out of all the sports that can tr- transition, you know, which one do you see transitioning the best or being the most least affected not having fans? Like, which sport do you think you could sit down and, and still watch?
1: That's a great question. That, that really is a great question, but I I, I don't even know how I connect because I, I think you're all going to be affected. I mean, it's just going to be weird uh, uh, to watch a baseball game and have no sound of. People sitting in the stands uh, to watch a – how about a football game? That's going to be crazy if there's nobody sitting in the stands. Are they going to do like uh, the Indianapolis 500? I have a friend who might go to that, and they're going to let in maybe, uh, you know, 20% of the people could come or something. They did that, I think, with a couple NASCAR races already. Um, So who knows? I, I, I can't see any of it. I Any mean, of them really be transitioning well. I imagine tennis or golf could. Um, but, you know, how many people are really here? I mean, that, those aren't the big three. Those aren't what people are really watching, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Okay, and
1: even in tennis, so, uh, look at Djokovic. had that little tournament in Serbia, and then all the players caught the coronavirus.
0: Yep. I mean, it's it, it's really a no-win situation right now all the way around. Golf, I could see pulling it off the fans. Like you said, tennis. Um, I watched a lot of this KBO I tape it. I tape it. It's on like three o'clock in the morning on Saturdays on ESPN. I, I tape it and try to watch it on Sundays. It's the Korean baseball league, which it's not bad. Like I actually enjoy watching the baseball aspect of it, and they they pump in crowd noise. I just can't stand the two announcers. They never shut up, and it's obnoxious. They talk you're, constantly. You're a big fan
1: of wrestling. I, Huge. I saw some of the wrestling with nobody there, and it was terrible.
0: Oh, it was really bad. So. They WWE is trying everything they can now. They're they're having wrestlers come in and sit in the crowd and wear masks and try to make noise. It's made it a little bit better, but it is awful. Okay, so yeah, I'm a diehard I've been watching wrestling my whole life. It's a it's it's a it's an aura. It's a mystique. Okay, it's almost like a strip club. You know, you're not taking the woman home, but for three minutes, you want to believe that you might be. It, it, when you watch a right, so when you watch wrestling, you know it ain't real. Like you you know it's scripted and you, you know there's, the outcome is predetermined. But for you know three to five minutes or whatever it is, you want your you want to mentally be tricked that it is. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, no, I, I get it. I, I you know and really the crowd played t- such a big role in wrestling. You could see how it's missed. I, I mean, it's terribly missed now. Yep.
0: Yeah. So you know, as we wrap up the interview today, and I definitely appreciate it. And it's funny because I had a professional wrestler on before you, and then. Um, a little bit later today, I have Chris Levine coming on the show from the MMA world, the UFC. So a lot of good things oh, happening here. Good for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I can't get over the, the names we've had. Um, it's just been amazing. You know, I, I don't know. God's blessed my life in tenfold, so I'd, I'd not kind of be happier. But for you, I want you to give some advice out there, <clears throat> not only to people like myself, you know, with, with a family uh, who are trying to break into the sports media world, but anybody out there, especially all the single people out there with, with no attachments right now, what advice would you give somebody trying to break into the world of sports media? What pratfalls to stay away from? Whether whether it's substance abuse, whether it's uh, egos, you know, jealousy, greed, whatever. What do people need to be on the lookout for and, and stay focused on?
1: Oh, okay. Well, yeah. It's it's a very it's a tough market to get into, especially uh, now because. You know, it's, it seems like it's much more of a national platform. The local sports stations uh, don't get as much time as they used to, uh, but there's still a lot, of talk, there's a lot of opportunities on radio still and whatnot. But you, you, when you're first starting off, let's say you're very young, um, they might have to go to another market. They might have to start in that small market. I don't know how much they do that now, but in the old days, like I said, for guys, it wasn't always the case with women. Because, um, you know, they, they, they almost have, and I don't I mean this in a bad way, but, you know, women would be able, you know, when they're younger, it's a very unfair business to them because when they're younger and uh, more attractive, they, that's when they, like, peak in their career. And for guys, it's almost like when they're old and- not old and washed up, but the older they are, it almost seems like they know what they're talking about because they've been around a while rather than when they're young, you know what I mean? It's yeah. almost the opposite. So uh, I would say definitely, uh, you know, stay appreciative of what you're doing, be thankful for, uh, you know, cause I'll be honest with you, when I worked uh, it, 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 those jobs, I mean, that wasn't really work for me. I mean, I was very fortunate to do it. You should be thankful all the time and appreciative of it. And um, try not to get caught up in, you know, maybe what the other guys are doing. You just, you know, do your job. Uh, you know, stay in your lane, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, that's my advice. And and, and just, uh, and if you really want to do it, go for it because it's worth it if you get it. You know what I mean? If you're doing something you enjoy, it's definitely worth it.
0: Um, <clears throat> so one last question for you here. then. thank you again for, you know, spending a part of your – what the hell day is it, anyways? Wednesday. <laughs> I'm losing track of these days, Chuck. It's crazy. Thank you for spending a part of your Wednesday with us today. Um, <clears throat> my last question for you is this. With with uh, seeing you on Facebook all the time, I see pictures of your kids, and, and, and they're growing up, and they're beautiful. And, you know, to me as a father, again, that's like the biggest thing in the world is, is to have healthy kids who you could grow up and be close to. How important is that for your life now? Looking back at all the celebrities and all all the great things you've been able to do, but would you say that the close relationship that you could have with your with your children is really the most important gift God's ever given us?
1: Oh yeah, I mean there's a, there's a love there. I mean, you know, I've been through uh, some illnesses in the in the recent uh, year, and you know what? I, I couldn't be any more proud of my kids. That they're there, you know. I mean, they're, they're, when it comes down to it, that's your family, baby. You're always, you know, there's the love is is incredible, and I'm very fortunate. I never, for a minute, ever regret any of my children <laughs> or any of that. I mean, those, those were the greatest times of my life uh, when they, you know when they're little, and then they get older too. They're great. I got two kids getting married this year. It's fantastic. My daughter's getting married in August, and my son's getting married in. Um, Hopefully, October. We got to see what happens. And now my daughter already had to cancel the wedding because of the coronavirus. Uh, So they had to move it, or not cancel it, postpone it to, you know, August. Hopefully, in August, everything will be okay and we'll be able to, you know, uh, get together. But, um, no, they're there for you. I would tell anybody that. uh, And if you don't have children, I don't want to make you feel bad. I mean, at the end of the day, when you're laying there, I mean, Who's, who's going to be there for your kids? You know what I mean? And that's it's a very special bond. It, uh, it's, it's unbelievable unless you've really been a parent you could describe.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's an unspoken love. It's it's um, a love without condition. They say unconditional, and that, man, is that the truth. You know, you, you uh, change a few dirty diapers and uh, lose a, a lot of nights of sleep, but uh, it's definitely worth it. So, Chuck, this has been great. Um, anytime you want to come back on, talk some sports, hopefully – I, don't know, I pray to God. In a couple of months, we have sports to talk about. You know, we'll definitely have you back on, and uh, you know, chop it up at that time. So, you know, at the end of the day,
1: I mean, I agree with you. I don't, you know, I, who knows? This is just such a great, and people, I think, need sports. Is, they don't need sports, but it's a nice um, getaway. You know, I mean, it's a, it's something to take your mind off the, the real world for a while, and and and, and something that, that you know, so many of us enjoy. And it's, it's hard with that. But yeah, I understand. I mean, you can't have oh, 80,000 people in the stadium. I don't... I look at... You, you cover high school sports, like you said, and, and, and um, I don't see... And I feel so sorry for these kids because those were like the best years of my life playing high school football and stuff. I mean, I loved it. I wasn't great or anything, but I got played, you know. It was fun. And uh, it was... It, these kids... I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how schools, especially because of, you know, we don't even know what the rules are when they go back, if they're going to be going two days a week or three days a week and two days on the computer. I don't really see how are they going to be able to have these seasons.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's i got two kids myself. So my daughter, who's going to be four years old in a month, she has been talking about going to preschool I swear to God, since she's been old enough to talk. I mean, just nonstop, she wants to go to preschool because that's what her big sister Maggie was doing, you know. So Maggie's going to be going in the first grade. She's pumped. Uh, Madeline's going to be starting preschool. She's pumped. And it's like, yeah, man, <laughs> you know, some, some sort of clarity would be great. And that's on a young level. I'll tell you the straight-out truth here. So we had um, on our show, Keon Sports, the, the Player Spotlight Series where we, we spotlight one high school kid a day. I kid you not, we did one high school kid every day for eight straight weeks through april may and even a little bit into june and the 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 sound of these kids voice the hopefulness that they could come back and play and then for, it was just you know you just want it for them so bad and then the seniors call those kids brought me to tears the seniors talking about how they didn't get a prom they didn't get a graduation they didn't get a senior night all of that gone and it's like it's, it's unbelievable because I don't think anybody has the answer and just just the pain. I mean, like you said, can you imagine, you know, you already had to postpone a wedding, but can you imagine if, you know, one of your kids didn't get to graduate or didn't get, didn't get to go to a prom? Yeah, my son,
1: actually, this year, my one son, Wesley, um, he got really proud of him. He, he really worked hard on his own and everything, and he, got, he just got a civil engineering degree from Akron. But he hasn't he didn't go to school since whenever they shut him down when, what beginning of March or whatever that was. Yep. And uh he you know, finished online or whatever, so there's no graduation, no nothing, you know, we had a little get together at his mom's house, but uh, you know, he couldn't even invite people, a lot of people or anything, you know, it was uh you know, it was very anti climatic, but I mean I'm very proud of him. But I you know, in then high school graduations, you gotta think of these poor kids. I mean, you know, they're proms and they're
0: yeah, it's a one, once in a lifetime thing. You know, it's, it's terrible. And, and you know, to me, again, it's a sports show, but it, it's terrible to me how it's dividing our country. You know, we're we're at a unbelievable pivotal time in our country's history. And I'm not going to talk politics because, quite frankly, I don't care about politics. I don't know anything about politics. I'm not even going to try to know anything about politics. I just know that hate is not good. Division is not good. And where we're at as a country right now is awful. I mean, we got. It just—I've never seen us more split, you know. And I just—I hope to God <clears throat> this is a this is actually a message from God here in 2020 that people need to start coming together and, and and working together to to figure things out. I mean, in your lifetime, have you ever seen a crazier year than this? No,
1: well, I tell uh, I tell my kids and other people. I I can't remember. I mean, I you know, obviously I was I lived through 9/11 and. You know, when I was a kid, we were very fortunate, you know, the Vietnam War was just ending. So we really didn't have any wars or anything. And um, I, I can't remember kids not going to school and no sports. I mean, even when those you know, terrible things were to happen, maybe for a day, you know, they didn't fly, let's say, uh, airplanes after 9-11. And, you know, they a, I think they might have taken a weekend off of football. I, I'm not sure if they did or not. But just one. Uh, and, and some things like that, but schools to be closed, and, and I mean endlessly. Like they've, they've been. I mean, this is really a hard time on a lot of people, and uh, I think the stress levels are getting higher. And I think um, I think a lot of things come to the forefront. Uh, and it's uh, I I really wish for the younger generation. Like I said, I wish. <laughs> I was kind of in better health uh, because you know I want to be around for uh, my kids. But, you know I don't know, like so it, it's because it, there this going to be a lot of challenges, a lot of, it's going to be a different world, and, and you know God bless it might be a better world when it's all said and done. We'll see, you know. Uh, but I don't have any answers, and I, I I've never ever seen anything like this, and it, and really at this point with this virus. It doesn't seem like there's any end in sight.
0: No. What started off as a three-week extended spring break has turned into at least six months if you go all the way through August with this. So, yeah, I mean, oh. <clears throat> it's like, okay, we're going
1: to. It's gonna... July 1st. and So you're, you're looking at, you know, football games are supposed to start, when in August? They start like mm-hmm. August 20th now or whatever's yep. kickoff
0: week? Yep. That's actually my, my that's my wedding anniversary. That's funny you picked that exact date, <laughs> August 20th. <Morning.
1: 20>. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I remember they started like a week before the school started. Yeah, you're looking at you're looking at like sometime in August they're supposed to play a football. How is that going to happen? I, I just don't, I just can't fathom it. But I, I hope it does. But I don't know how.
0: <clears throat> that's when okay, you know. i'll 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 pull back the curtain here now again i don't care i got nothing to hide i'll tell you flat out so for me working from home every day has been phenomenal i work a day job a lot of people don't realize that but my day job is in uh, continental uh, rubber out in fairlawn ohio so i'm driving an hour to work an hour home every day so i've cut out two hours a day of driving time i can work all day from home today i just i like i said i took my first day off and I don't know, six flipping months because I want to do a bunch of interviews today and then we're going to be heading out to Amish country here in a little bit, me and my wife. Um, that being said, I forgot where I was going with this. Oh, yeah. So that being said, like, so that part of it's been nice to work from home, be around my kids every day. That niche part of it's been nice. But I'm telling you right now, man, I've, I've never struggled with depression. I've never struggled with, with uh, alcohol abuse or anything like that. If they cancel high school football, I don't know how I'm going to handle it. Just flat out, I don't know how I'm going to handle it. Because number one, all of our sponsors, we got nearly 25 sponsors now paying us money to go out, broadcast high school football games, and do commercials during them. So right there is going to be a financial hit that I'm worried about. And then number two, just the love of doing it. I would do it for free. I would legit go out and cover high school football every Friday night for free. I love it that damn much. If they pull that for me... I don't know how I'm going to react. And I'm just being honest. I don't know how I'm going to react. It's going to be devastating if that happens.
1: Well, I, I, I wish you luck. I wish all the kids luck. I, 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 hope, uh, I mean, I, I hope something good, good happens. I just I hate to be so pessimistic. I just, I mean, I just don't, I don't see feasibly how it could be done.
0: Well, you know, there's a <laughs> there's a silver lining in every cloud. And here's what I'm thinking. And maybe this is just, you know, and we've gone way off the tracks. I was going to end this interview 20 minutes ago, so I'll make sure I wrap it up now. But the here's the thing. Like, if that happens, okay, let's say they, they play the games with no fans. You, love, you maybe have a marching band or whatever at the most. But let's say you have just the game itself for my company, then that's huge. That would be the greatest gift God's ever given us. Because then all these people who would have went to the game now have to stay home and hopefully click on Key on Sports and listen to us call it live that would be amazing. I I pull for that. I'd rather have fans in the crowd but you know, if that happens we'll see. I just think football is such a money maker for the OHSAA and people out there research what that is, it's the Ohio Athletic uh, High School uh, Association, um Athletic Association. That is their biggest money maker and Jerry Snotgrass would tell you that. I mean, you you would have to agree to that, right? High school football is really the biggest money maker.
1: I I understand that and and, and that's why it's so it's so hard to take in I mean look at when you talk about the night look at the NFL I mean look at Port Canton Ohio they've already canceled the uh, Hall of Fame weekend that's a that's a big deal for them you know I mean that's yep. that, 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 for that city that's their pride and joy for the year and that's just a little niche yeah you, know? I mean, you, you gotta figure it you know, the baseball season opening day and all that, you know, what I mean they are talking coming back. I it just I you know, I, I wanna see all this stuff back, believe me. I I, I want to see everything. I I I would I would love it, you know, what I mean it's just I just as the process is starting to get rolled out, you just see all the stumbling blocks.
0: Did you ever go to the Hall of Fame as a fan? The Hall of Fame ceremony, and induction ceremony, or did you always have to cover it as a media member? Did you ever get the chance to actually sit in the crowd and enjoy the experience as a fan?
1: Uh, Not as a fan. I, I covered a couple of ceremonies. And I remember I got to go to the game in 99 when the Browns came back. Sure. That was really cool because it was Troy Aikman's Dallas Cowboys playing against Ken um, Couch and the Browns. And it was really, unique. You know, Smith was still on the team, I think, and Irvin and... It was, it was incredible, um, And then uh, you know, I went to all the supplemental drafts and whatnot. And then the people down there are just very nice. They, they take a lot of pride
0: in that. Oh, yeah, it's a great little city. I love Canton. And like I said, I, I worked down in Fairlawn, so I'm only about 20 minutes from Canton. And, uh, you know, that's where they play the state championships now and everything for football. I just I love the whole area. I can't help it. Anyways, Chuck, I was going to call you for a 15-minute interview. We're going on an hour, so I apologize for that. But I want to wish you... The, uh, the absolute best day ahead of you and, and the best summer. And, uh, you know, we'll keep you in our prayers and, and we'll definitely stay in touch. Sound good?
1: No, it sounds fantastic. Thanks for having me on, buddy it was, it was nice to, to talk about the, the old times. It was great. Thank
0: you. Oh, anytime you want. We'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks. Bye now. So that was Chuck Letty You remember him from WKYC, CBS, um, most recently with Sports Time Ohio. But just all around, he's been a fixture of Cleveland sports for many, many years, and we do definitely wish him the best in his future endeavors. For Keon Sports, I am Vince McKee. Everybody have a good day.